Are you new to the indie publishing world? Do you want to know if self-publishing is right for you? You've come to the right place where you'll find tips, tricks, and the answers to the questions you've always had about writing, marketing, and self-publishing. Welcome to the Hot Mess Writer's Life. Help for the indie author with me, Lynn Howard. Well then... So last week was a flop and a half, and sorry about that. I had some issues with my sound. I thought it was, I don't know, just a a flub because my entire hard drive crashed as well. My brand new, by the way, hard drive that I had only bought like a month ago, not even a month ago, maybe a month ago. I don't know. It's on the YouTube channel, but... um, I'm now recording this under a different system because my Adobe Audition is uh, acting up. So we're using something different. Hopefully the sound is okay. It's usually what I use when I'm doing an interview and it's just me today. So I apologize for last week. And uh, yeah, I'm actually, this is for those of you not in the know, and that's pretty much everybody but me and my no, editor slash bestie. Um, I'm also recording this on video as well for YouTube. And eventually this will become a part of a Patreon package deal thing. Uh, I always forget the name of what they're called, the tiers or whatever. So eventually there'll be extras on my Patreon with the podcast with guests, Q's and A's, things like that. But for now, we're doing step-by-step here because I'm already a little frustrated that I have to re-record everything I've already recorded today and uh, wasted quite half of my day. Yes, yes, I did. So what we're talking about today is how to turn your writing into a business. And it'd be great if I had it open. But you you know what? I don't because this stupid thing... is is going to give me a stroke. I'm not a technology person, people. I'm not a technology person. So when I try to use something new and everything like acts up, it, it just, it, it stresses me out and it makes me want ice cream. And we can't do that right now because we're having issues with the thyroid. So we're going to be good. We're not going to get ice cream, maybe wine later. All right. So how to treat your writing like a business. And let's face it, If you're an indie author, you're listening to this channel because you're an indie author. We are now publishers, which means this is now a business, especially if you want this to be your career and not just a hobby. My first tip is to set office hours. Sounds weird, right? You're setting your writing time. I've harped on this so many times about setting a schedule. I'm very big on those schedules. It does not have to be an eight-hour thing. Even I I don't write eight hours straight. I don't. I get up, I do dishes, I take care of my dogs, I go to the grocery store, I just started back at the gym. So before that I was, you know, I would go for a walk, you know, things like that. But set those office hours, especially if you have a day job or if you have, you know, children to take care of, elderly parents to take care of, maybe you have a disabled spouse. So if you have to get up at 5.30 in the morning to get in 30 minutes to an hour of writing, so be it. If you have to get in 15 minutes of writing uh, while the kids are in the bathtub or while they're eating dinner or right after you put them to bed before your mind shuts down, that's going to be your office hours. Treat it like a business. Treat it like it was your brick and mortar business because obviously you would have office hours. Now, you're not going to be, like I said, you're not going to write that whole time. I don't know a single full-time author who sits down to write for eight hours. We don't do it. It's it's impossible for us to sit still for eight hours because it's bad on your back. If you're in an office job, 
when do you ever keep your butt in a chair for eight hours? You don't. You get up, you go get coffee, you walk around, you say hi to your friends. I've had office jobs. I know this. My second tip is designate an office. I have an office now. It's, you know, one of my children's rooms. They've all moved out. They're grown up. Um, Before that, in this house, I had a little corner in the basement. And my kids called it the cave before I knew what the writing cave was um, because it was just a dark corner in the basement. It was just concrete walls, you know, dark, dank cave, you know. Before that, it was on my bed with my laptop. And for those of you watching on my YouTube channel, you guys have seen the pictures of the iguana crawling up on my lap while I was trying to write or hanging out with me. I've always got an animal in the room with me at all times. Now it's the two dogs and the one-eyed cat. But before then, my office was my bed. The kids knew if they saw me on the bed with my laptop open, mom's working. That was my office space and my office hours. My third tip is research your genre's market. Make sure you're writing to market for one thing. So make sure you're doing your due diligence of reading, 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 and researching. Because there are certain tropes for each genre. You know, you're not going to write a how-to book and then throw a fiction story in there. Maybe if you're doing like a writing craft, I guess that wasn't a really great you know analogy or example. But each genre book has certain tropes. You know, the romance, you know, the Romeo and Juliet and the boy that got away and I'm not going to list all the tropes because that would be a really boring podcast, but research your genre. Make sure you're writing to market and make sure you are marketing to your market, that you are advertising to your market. As a paranormal romance author, my market, my demographic is generally 25 to 55 year old women. Not to say men don't read romance or that younger or older women don't read romance. I have a review um, on, I forgot where I saw maybe Goodreads, uh, from a 70-something-year-old woman. And that's obviously not my, my general demographic, but I researched to a pinpoint that I want to picture a group of girlfriends in my house. I want to picture what these people are like, what what kind of interests they have, so that when I'm writing, I'm writing to my specific uh, audience. You know, because I wrote write romance, I'm not going to throw in a whole bunch of sports analogies unless it's a sports romance, which those are out there. But I'm not going to kill off a bunch of people because it's a romance. I mean, you can kill people in romances, obviously, but I'm not going to make it a big bot explosion, you know, monsters and slashing people up because it's a romance. What we care about when we read romance is the romance, the falling in love, the first kiss, the first time they go to bed together, you know, things like that. So make sure you've done your due diligence when it comes to researching your market for both your demographic and the tropes and things like that. There's a plethora of information out there through podcasts, uh, blog posts, books. I mean, you name it, it's out there now. It's not like when I started 10 plus years ago. Number four is continue reading and researching both inside and outside your genre. I love paranormal romance. It's my favorite to read and write, but I do read horror. I do read urban fantasy. I don't really read sci-fi. I've tried it. I've tried sci-fi romance even. Um, I just don't like sci-fi. But I do read outside my my 
genre because I want to see their tropes. I want to see what their strengths are and see if I can, you know, find my weakness from their strengths. You never want to pigeonhole your your writing. I only write about small town cowboys with blonde hair who ride white horses. Again, terrible analogy. If you're reading and researching inside and outside your genre, your your entire world is going to open up. Your creativity is going to open up. I swear the last recording I did of this was way more articulate, but now I'm exhausted and stressed out and frustrated. So bear with me. And hopefully that made sense. Number five, keep learning. I just said a few minutes ago, there are so much so much information out there. There's podcasts, blog posts, books, master classes, free courses. I've taken a free, uh, Brian Cohen has the Amazon ads. How oh, is it? Amazon ads challenge, I think, on Facebook. And I've done it twice and I'm actually fixing to take his course next round. Um, I got to tell you, following his tips and doing the homework and implementing um, what I learned has increased my sales and my page reads. So these classes and research the class before you take it because, you know, Joe Blow down the street, you know, teaches a class. Obviously, I would not be someone that wants to stand up in front of a class and teach, but I could probably do a pre-recorded one. So if you're wanting to go to a class and say uh, one of these junior colleges, research that the teacher researched. And so, you know, that this person knows what they're saying. They have published several books successfully. You know, um, if it's a marketing class, make sure that their marketing is to their demographic. Make sure that they have seen success. You know, the whole thing, if you can't do, you teach. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Um, the best teachers have, especially in our industry, know what they're talking about and they know what works. So find what works for you. If it's a free course, fine. You know, when you're starting out, you obviously don't have a bunch of money. But I always suggest putting your uh, profits from your books, your royalties back into your business. Um so that you can continue growing your business. And that includes learning and that includes taking classes, whether a master class, whether a marketing class. You know, if, if you need to go take some basics on grammar again, because I don't know about y'all, but it's been a long time since I've been in school. So sometimes even I need to brush up. This one's going to be scary, guys. Okay. I want you to create your own press. You are going to be a publishing company. The thing is, you're already your own publisher. So let's make it legit. Think of a name, take your time, take your time. And you can actually type in, I think it's fictitiousnames.com or something like that for each state. Um, or you can just Google, you know, type in a name you thought of and see if anything else pops up and then make it an LLC. Now you can do an LLC yourself. And I did you're going to have an abundance of time or an abundance of money. I had the time, not the money at the time back then. So I actually did my own LLC, but you can have an accountant do it. You can have a lawyer do it. Maybe you have a friend that is like super duper smart when it comes to this stuff. Have them help you with it. You know, throw, throw 20, 30, 40 bucks to give you a hand with it. Then you're going to go to Bowker's and you're going to buy your ISBN numbers. Now here's a big tip and it's going to make y'all's butt clench like it did mine. You can buy 10 SBN numbers. And if you don't know what an ISBN number, it's the back of your book. It's an identifier for your book. So when you're looking at, say, Amazon page, you'll see ASIN or you'll see ISBN. Those numbers are only assigned one time to each book. You want 
those numbers. You don't just want it to say published by Kindle Unlimited or published by Amazon or whatever it says nowadays. You want it to say published by Suzy's Press. Not only does that help you keep all your stuff straight, especially come tax time, but it gives you, lends you an air of credibility. I don't know why, but it does because there are still some people out there that, you know, wrinkle their nose at, you know, indie publishing, which is frankly stupid because uh, <laughs> we're kind of taken over at this point. The the big publishers are starting to follow our, you know, our marketing and, and our tips because we're doing it on our own. So we're finding what works, whether it's doing TikToks or Instagram or whatever, they're starting to follow what we're doing now. Now, 10 ISBN numbers when I bought mine, I think it was like 200 and something dollars. If you only plan on writing a couple books, that's fine. I knew that this was going to be the career that I wanted to do. And I tend to write fast sometimes. I bought a hundred ISBN numbers and it cost me like $575. I was sweating y'all. I had a stomach ache hovering over that buy button. But I did it. And it's the best thing I've ever done. Like I've written so much more than 10 books since then, published way more than 10 books. I think uh, under Lynn Howard, it was 20, I think we counted 27. I really got to get those numbers written down for the podcast. So when I talk about it, I sound like I actually know what I'm saying. But you're going to get Create Your Press. Think of a name. You can Google or go to fictitious names. You're going to get an LLC, which is a limited limited liability company. So they can sue the company. They can't sue you. Then you're going to buy your ISBN numbers. I also suggest opening a bank um, account under your business name, and you're going to need your LLC um, to do that. So you're going to need all your tax information mailed to you before you can actually go to the bank to open the bank account so that it'll say, you know, Suzy Q, um, and then your press name behind it. So your debit card will have that on there and your checks will have that on there. So when you lead into the last one, when you're keeping track of your expenses, it's all in one place. Keeping track of all your expenses is paramount, paramount when you're trying to build this career. When you have one book out, you don't really have any sales. It's not a big deal. But as you start seeing your income going up, guess who else sees that? The IRS. So you're actually getting 1099 at the end of every year from Amazon. And if you go wide from the rest of the sites, um, I have some books wide under a different pen name. And then Lynn Howard is uh, Kindle exclusive. So I get 1099 and I have to go to my accountant with these things with my husband's W2s and my 1099s. Here's the thing you buy a new laptop, that's tax deductible. You buy a new computer, you're using it for working you know, doing the writing, covers, whatever it is, tax deductible. Notebooks, ink pens, even the candy that you buy to put on your table for a book signing, that is tax deductible. Anything that you purchase for your business is tax deductible. Now your clothes obviously aren't unless you've somehow managed to like build this team and you have uniforms. But if it is used, like I said, pencils, pens, notebooks, um, I actually get to use a portion of my house. So I even include some of my utilities and my cell phone bill and part of my internet because this is my business. This is what I do. I have the podcast. I have the YouTube, which by the way, for those of you listening, the YouTube is switching over because you remember I said I'm giving it up. I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying doing the vlogs and doing the talking heads. 
because it took up so much of my time. But my editor talked me into recording my podcasts on on video as well. So I've had to actually put on makeup to talk to you guys. I had a cute shirt on earlier, but then all this happened and I changed out of it. So we are where we are right now. But I have someone that's going to edit the videos with the podcast later together so that it will be up on YouTube for those of you who prefer that. Um, for those of you who prefer to listen that way instead. Um, but I keep track literally of the books that I sell, of the books, you know, at, at signings, at the books that I purchase for myself to take to signings, hotels, um, driving to and from, which actually I get driven because I can't drive myself. Um, but I'm the one paying for the gas. So I, I get tax deduct for the gas mileage. Anything that you are using for your business is tax deductible. For your camera, if you want to start a YouTube channel, for me, my microphone, um, because of the podcast, is related to my publishing, my publishing business. So make sure you keep track of your finances. You can keep track, you keep all your receipts, like keep in a manila envelope, which I do for things that, um, let's say I'm out and I have cash, and oh my God, I forgot to get candy for the table. I save those receipts. Or the hotel room. Um I don't always put the hotel room. I don't always reserve it on my business account. So sometimes it'll get charged to my other um, personal account. So I'll save that printout, that receipt, and I'll put that in the manila envelope. But if you use, you know, PayPal through your business and your business account to purchase your things, it's way, way, way easier to keep track. Um, Paying your editor, paying your cover artist, all those things are related to your business. They're tax deductible. You may, if you write as fast as I do, you may have to 1099 your people at the end of the year. Um, a lot of them expected, especially if they work a lot. But if you're just starting out again, every expense. I actually came out um, on top, not much, <laughs> not much, but I came out on top last year with the profit after you know all my tax deductions and everything else. But I did have finally a profit all these years, I finally had a profit because I put in a lot more uh, money than I normally do the past six, no, more than six months because I started at the end of, it was around September, I started really throwing money into my business because I decided I was going balls to the wall. This is what I want to do. I, you know, I'm I'm middle-aged. I'm middle-aged. I'm not going to change careers now, especially from something I love to do. This started out as a hobby and something I was doing to, to feed that creative side. Something I've always done was right, but I started doing it more often. And then it kept developing until I started a writing routine. And then I started, you know, my little space and I just kept pushing. And then this past, I guess, six months to a year, so it's been about a year, I really, really went hard. And I got to tell you, I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm so glad I started the podcast. It's not big yet. I don't have that many listeners yet, but I'm enjoying myself. It's making me happy. It's fulfilling me. So I'm going to keep doing this. So I'm going to keep track of everything I put out, every penny I put out. So that's what I have for you guys this week. I will see you guys next week. Uh, Have a good weekend because I'm going out of town if it doesn't rain. I'll see y'all next week. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode of A Hot Miss Writer's Life, Help for the Indie Author, make sure you hit that subscribe button and I'd love if you'd leave a review. See y'all next time. 